0: Good people, and welcome to the Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name's Tyler. I'm the one called Junior. And today's sponsors are EBXY and Adam Stone. So it's a strange yet fantastic day in the world of the Amateur Hour. Because let me tell you, (laughs) we don't have Junior and Tyler. So our, our intro we tricked you guys. you know, you think that uh we we have them here? well, we don't and yes, we pre pre-recorded okay uh, there's explanation uh out, okay it's easier as simple as that it's easier to edit and it saves me time the end. besides the fact uh June or Austin sorry, Austin is here with us and it's a one-on-one episode now i've had one with junior i've had one with tyler well i got one with austin and you know what before we start today we we got one extra subscriber Austin. we got 41 subscribers now and for that one subscriber you know who you are we appreciate you you know uh, and if you guys are at home listening, and I know there's quite several of you listening because we, we got, a, you know, no, like a, not to brag, but like 100 and something views on our last episode and 300 on the previous episode before that. So I just kind of want to say like if you like the video or the podcast episode and sub- subscribe and hit that notification bell because every subscriber helps so we can be easier to find uh let's get that url we unlock a url at a hundred subscribers for youtube and we really want to be able to use that amateur hour tag so that way it's easier to find us uh and we're not being lost between all the other million amateur hours apparently that are out there So, uh, and again, we appreciate you, we appreciate every like, we really want more comments, positive that is, I mean, even if it's negative, I guess, you know, why not, Um, and please follow us on our Twitter and Instagram, but let's get it, let's get into it, so Asti, I've been thinking about Tesla, and what do you, do you like Tesla cars, do you like their vehicles?
1: Um, I'm I think that they're they they're for what they are, they look good. I'm more of a I like more sporty looking cars. I'm more of like a like a Camaro, like I own a Camaro, Corvettes, those kind of cars are like aggressive looking vehicles, whereas Tesla's more like I don't know, nonchalant, luxurious. But I, I can respect what they're doing. Like they what for what they are, they're really nice. And like maybe someday whenever I have a family Think it'd probably be pretty cool to own one for, like, a grocery getter car and, like, have the family in.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, over the past couple of months, I have been becoming obsessed with Tesla's vehicles. Like, uh, for example, the Cybertruck. I'm super excited. It's a jarring new design that not many car manufacturers are going with and especially it being bare steel like that's phenomenal uh there's several things that i like about the Cybertruck. i like the idea that you don't got to worry about rust tyler says that there is corrosion apparently with stainless steel but i don't know how true it is what's the science behind it i'm not gonna lie but at least no rust is a a lot more better and the body of the vehicle is supposed to be able to handle I forget what caliber of gunshots as well to it so it's almost like a bulletproof vehicle and uh it's supposed to get a lot of miles I think it was like I want to say like 50,000 or something like that crazy amount of miles uh like per charge and the Cybertruck has a back to it that they're thinking of developing where it's a solar panel uh, on the bed of the truck. So the bed of the truck actually closes uh, completely, um, which is really cool. It's like a long steel door. If you guys don't know what the Cybertruck is, that uh, closes on top of the bed of the truck. And it's super strong, super durable. But they are thinking of developing a solar panel for the back of it, so you can you can get an extra little charge uh, for free. And so I just think the overall management of electric vehicles and uh, something like the Cybertruck is so much better. And to have, uh, they're also so developing a particular glass that is supposed to be almost impenetrable towards any hail damage, uh, if someone throws a rock at the, the vehicle and everything. So it's supposed to be overall more affordable, more nicer, uh, very fast, just very luxury car. And so I love Tesla. And I think Elon Musk is, he reminds me of like a Tony Stark of the real world. Here's where I get a little bit disappointed and where I kind of get confused with what's happening with this guy. This guy, Elon Musk, recently went on a podcast, and I will link the podcast episode in the description so that way you guys can check it out for yourself. But he went on a podcast discussing, you know, I guess he was supposed to discuss his vehicles. What he's got, like the Model X or the Model Y, coming out pretty soon. And what ended up happening is the the individual interviewing him, she asked him uh, how he felt about the idea of COVID nineteen. And he started uh, essentially saying, like, it's overhyped that there's not that many deaths from COVID-19, that it's nothing to fear nor worry about, uh, nor he doesn't believe in the idea. And he's openly said this on a, on his Twitter as well, where he doesn't believe that we should close, like, anything down whatsoever. And, um, yeah, he's just, he's, like, all around this Covid nineteen, I I say Covid nineteen denier, but he he, it kind of is like that, like he doesn't believe essentially it's anything. Um, and a part of the interview that kind of like infuriated me, and I thought was a bit uh, ridiculous to do on his end was he decided to say, well she asked him?" Well. Um, he he believes like well, companies should stay open during the COVID nineteen, and there's not that many deaths. It's nothing to worry about. And then uh, the interviewer proceed of the podcast and proceeds to uh, tell him, "Well, what what would you do for a worker that is afraid to go back to work because of COVID 19 And he's like, "Well, I'd send them home. I'll tell them to go home." And she's like, okay, well, the, is this because, well, would you pay for him as he's uh, allowed to go home? Or are you going to uh, hold him accountable for this? And then is does he have a job to come back to? And he refused to answer that question, um, which I think was... Obviously, like a hint that uh, he would probably fire the individual. So, and and even in talks of the COVID nineteen or whatever, he also threatened to uh, leave the episode and end the interview right there. Um, and it wasn't like she was pressing him to like irk him about the situation. She generally was calm and collected, and it was just curious on his take uh, for the COVID uh idea and i think what upsets me is like i feel like people of this higher status and especially being the richest man in america or i think one of the world should probably have a little bit more responsibility to at least say to take the sanitization real and make sure that everyone's properly social distancing distancing and uh etc right uh, i don't believe it's it, i like i said it's a responsibility not to implore ignorant thought hmm. so what what's your take on this you, uh austin like how do you feel about this sort of situation
1: i think that uh question that was asked uh him like but he he uh just send them home with pay and stuff i think that like a lot of people want to ask those questions and everybody knows the answer is that they're gonna fire the person everybody knows because like realistically so long like i've been working the entire pandemic and uh, as long as the job is like actively making sure that they're making the environment as safe as possible i feel like That is justified. I mean, these companies, like yes, like they're billion-dollar companies, but like one or two people is slowly going to trickle down. Like if you let one person go home because they don't like feel comfortable or whatever, and next thing you know, it's just like a trickle-down effect. It's just like in. Elementary school, if you let one kid go to the bathroom next thing you know, every single one slowly says they need to go to the bathroom. And so I feel like he, he, as long as he's putting in the like, there's sanitization, good sanitization everywhere, there's uh, distancing as best as they can, they're wearing masks or doing something to minimize the amount of contact between people. I feel, I don't think that. Anybody really should feel uncomfortable in the work environment anyways. And if they do, like, I mean, if it's something like, I can understand somebody say they have an immune disease or something like that. Like my younger sister has lupus. So that's one thing. But if it's just somebody who's like, it's really paranoid, uh, then like feel like you've at some point there's a breaking point where it's gotta be like, all right, dude, like you just gotta work, you know? Um, Oh, in some ways I agree with him. Now, if he's not putting in those measures to make sure it's safe, then that's a whole different situation because it's like you're in an unsafe work environment. And then at that point, not only should you want to leave, but you also have like reasons as to why say he does fire you and you can prove that the work conditions were not suitable. The time like that we're in right now where there's no sanitization stations or whatever you're not being social distance then at that point like you have a real big real case on your hands but i feel like overall as long as workplace is putting in all the steps and measures doing everything i can and i mean eventually you just gotta work is what i feel
0: yeah i mean i could probably agree with i, I agree with that statement right like i i I feel that as long as right, he, he's implementing these safe work environments, then someone should really have no problem with showing up. But it was just the idea that uh, he, he didn't address it too either. Like, whether or not he has a safe work environment or mm-hmm. following these regulations, but I'm assuming that legally he there, the state's probably forcing him to have these regulations. And uh, another thing that I found very jarring in regards to what he said was he discussed um, the deaths and saying, like, the death toll is exaggerated. And I don't necessarily think that's true. And I kind of think that's a little bit of a slap in the face to the people who did lose their some of their family members due to COVID-19. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. – Uh, downplaying it when, yeah, sure, certain people can get the virus and be just fine, but others are not going to react, right? Like your sister, for example, she could react a lot worse. You don't know. That's what's so deadly about this virus. And for someone of that stature to downplay the virus and say, ah, it's nothing, and I think it's one thing saying it publicly and it's another thing saying it to someone else, like, I guess, um, on a social level, um, mm-hmm. and saying something like that. So publicly, then there's where you get the influence of people still saying like, well, look, Elon Musk is a very smart guy. Like, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to listen to what he says, as opposed to what our government says. Right. So, and I think that's, um, that's, that's where you got to be careful with the messages mm-hmm. you're putting out and how you're carrying yourself. Because unfortunately, when you become at this wealthy or this influential, influential. as a mm-hmm. uh, philanthropist, essentially, uh, you are going to be looked at in a different light. So the things you say have big repercussions.
1: And yeah. um yeah,
0: it's 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 a tough situation oh. that I wish he would have handled better.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna I think that I I mean I think that probably what he was referring to when he was talking about like the death toll not being what it was is like I don't know when that podcast was recorded, but like I think not too long ago something came out about like the New York death tolls being skewed because of like a of su- something that was going on. I saw something about it on the news, whether it's true or not. I have no idea. I just saw it a little bit. So maybe he was referring to that. But the problem is, is like, you if you're going to make those kind of statements, you need to make sure and like, basically be able to cite stuff in a sense. Like if, if you're going to make such a statement, like that big, like deaths aren't that as many as they're, uh, they say there are like, you've got to give like some, Real evidence instead of just like making that statement, if you're somebody of his stature, like he's, I, him and Jeff Bezos keep going back and forth of being the wealthiest person, and I, it's either in the United States or in the world. Um, so it's like you, you have a, you have a very substantial voice, and he's like considered like a genius and rightfully so in a lot of ways. Like he's very, very smart. Um, so like it reminds me a lot of, Uh, Donald Trump they like he they both have this way where they like to talk like to speak their mind and like sometimes what they're trying to say is supposed to come off one way because they just don't know how to like publicly speak it ends up being like something that just sounds like completely ridiculous um so and I maybe that's because I mean they say a lot of people who are really, really smart have a lot of like social anxiety. So maybe that could be something. But, well, um,
0: yeah, I think with uh Elon Musk too, especially, you can see where he has his uh social quirks, right? Where he's speaking <clears throat> like when you pay attention to his mannerisms and the way he speaks, he a lot of stuttering, um, a lot of uh. You could see when his his brain's working a lot faster than what he's saying, yeah. and um, so for him, for for sure, I know it's it's probably part of a social thing, but he also has like you know this kind of like out there viewpoint on certain oh, yes. things, right? Like thinking that AI essentially is going to take over the world, which is, I mean, it, it's a genuine fear, right? But I don't mm-hmm. think we're even close to it, right? I think yeah. that's years away. But so there's going to be like these ideologies that he has that are just super far out there. And I mean, I, I don't mean to shun someone with ideologies, right? Because like, right, uh, I think as being a, like a Christian individual, as, like such as myself, like there's I- I- ideals and beliefs that some people aren't going to agree with, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. So it's not to shun him with that. It's just, just the idea that, of the severity of yeah. this current pandemic, I don't think you need someone yeah. essentially denying it or using that ability to say, you know what, uh, it's it's nothing, right? And as in regards to the death toll thing when it comes to uh New York, I did hear that from So an individual that I had spoke to a while ago, she has apparently an aunt, right? And this is, take it with a grain of salt because I don't know how factual uh, the story is, right? And in recent times, right, you just have been people just acting so radical. So again, take it with a grain of salt. I'll put that warning out now. But she had said that um, her, her aunt was a nurse or something like that. And a lot of times when someone died with issues that weren't related to COVID-19, that they were marking them as COVID-19 uh, deaths. And they said mm-hmm. that because apparently you receive some sort sort of uh, grant and financial assistance uh, if you're having so many COVID uh, issues in the hospital. Now, again, I don't know how true that is, and I'm not out here to displace conspiracy theories or um, agree with this sort of idea because I don't know. If that is true, I think that's wrong, Um, especially during a pandemic, again, because then you're essentially harming the people whose family really did pass away from COVID-19. And um, it's 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 not right. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate that, that it's yeah. an incorrect you're using, thing to do.
1: You're using the pandemic to your own personal pain, which is not OK. And that that now that you're saying that's that's almost what I heard is that these hospitals up there allegedly were spiking up the numbers because they were getting all this influx of m- money from the government and their you know, nonprofit organizations that were like popping up like weeds because of COVID. So, I mean, the whole, the whole idea behind that makes sense. Is it true or not? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to speculate and say which way, but, um, if it is true, then that's very sad. And it would, it would make, it would, uh, Kind of prove kind of what Elon Musk was saying, but like at the end of the day, you still have to be very sensitive with your wording on stuff. Like we are in a very sensitive time. People are very sensitive in general nowadays. So you just gotta, like, it's not very hard for the most part to just kind of think about something before you say it and kind of try to word it as best as you can. I mean, not all of us are public speakers, we're not all uh, these congressmen who can dodge the question and like make it sound like they answered it but they really didn't like we're not all that, that good with our words but you i mean if you just sit there and think about it you can you can give something that will at least eliminate most of the uh the potential backlash um that you would receive
0: yeah I, in a, another thing that i mean you you really touched on a topic that has been intriguing me first off we around this time we let me tell you like my my belief on humanity has really just shifted right like you you have such radicalist like just crazy reactions that i've never seen in my whole life like I mean, what you got, right? People freaking storming capital. You have people being outraged by pandemic stuff and refusing to wear masks. Like, you just have all these sort of strange things with humanity recently, like with our society. And I don't think, I don't know, it's kind of disappointing to see, right? Like, I wish that we were all a little bit more caring and understanding of what what is happening like i I, this is a good point and it's like where has the empathy gone for our generation and is empathy essentially too much or is it too little right because then we also have this idea of outrage culture and it's something that i've addressed several times throughout the podcast. Um, we talked about it in season one quite a bit. And I don't mean to beat a dead horse, essentially. And for those of you who are offended, I don't mean to chop the same tree. <laughs> and if you're offended <laughs> for that, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> um But you have a lot of just uh, what seems like a lot more outraged belief now, right? Like it's, it's either their way or the highway type of thing, right? And I don't think any idea for that thinking allows for society to live peacefully. If you're going off of the idea that I am always right and you're feeling you have to force those viewpoints on other people, I think that's an incorrect way about going things. I do not believe, and I'll repeat, that you should force your views onto someone else's ideology unless it's something that when it comes to murder or something insane like some insane radicalist thing where you're like they're like yeah i'm gonna bomb the you know something (laughs) you're gonna be like Mm. no no then you challenge someone uh on that sort of idea and I i do believe right you stick up for some of your rights but i think that in order to live peacefully and truly live in harmony, you have to respect others' beliefs. And yeah. sometimes it's not worth, like, debating or fighting over or getting outraged for that person. For mm-hmm. example, right, like being Christian, right? There's so many uh, also radicalist Christians. Like, there's always bad apples in whatever you do. And so you have mm-hmm. all these bad apples, like, making it seem like, uh, oh, we hate this group and hate that group, and they're going to hell and stuff like that. But in, in actual Christianity belief, you're not supposed to judge, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it is not in your place to condemn some anyone to hell, right? There's right and wrong, and you um, – it's simple as that. You just – you yourself, it even says, right, um, salvation is individual, meaning that you worry about you, essentially. Yeah. Right? And all these – you have these radicalists like Christians and stuff like that pushing out beliefs, using their religion as a way to hate individuals when that is far from what Christianity should be. But I yeah. I see It's it's – but we're in this sort of outrage culture where it's like, okay, can I come out and say that I'm Christian without having some huge debate, right? Like I don't, like I said, there are radicalist Christians out there that are just insane. I'm not. I don't mm-hmm. even consider myself, oh, like with them, or I don't agree with what they have to say, and um, I don't know. It, it's I hate this society currently, that where you have to feel fear of certain things that you believe, and you got to hold it. Oh, what what political stance are you? Yeah, you know, I like I want to believe in what I want to believe in, and leave me alone. Like I don't want to debate yeah. it. I don't want to have some huge argument. I don't want to be forced to believe what you believe, and I don't want you to force, you know. And I don't want to force you to believe what I believe. It's, yeah, I think yeah, I think the
1: big problem in the world right now is that everybody is focused so much on what makes each other different, and that's the big problem. Is that everybody look on the news, you look on social media, no matter what it is, everybody you look at TikTok for example, you you'll constantly see TikToks where there's a girl and she's doing some dance, and there's some guy in the in the uh comments that make some stupid comment about oh she she looks good or oh she shouldn't be wearing that or something like that and then like you just see flocks and flocks of people that just like immediately attack the person like should you be commenting on somebody no probably not like at, at you also like your you, people are i guess they you call them like people don't like to wear but like gatekeeping in a sense like you you're gatekeeping and trying to force your idea of what's okay and what's not okay onto other people. And while morally for you, that's what's right and what's wrong. But realistically, like morality is something that like can never be you can't measure it. Like there's no such thing as thing that is truly moral or truly immoral. It's only a person by person thing. I think that people are so focused on what they think is morally right and what Somebody else is doing that. That automatically wrong. Like you should not. Um, if you're if you're a Republican. Well, you're automatically an evil person because I'm a I'm a Democrat and everything Republicans believe in is wrong. Same way the other way. If you're a Democrat. Oh, you must be awful because I'm a Republican and Democrats are awful. Blah 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 blah. Like people are just so focused on what's different about each other. And then they attack each other on it and try to force the other person to believe in their way. And it's like, and that's like, it's so different from like the early 2000s, like to 2005, like up until like that point, like people, you would have a conversation, you'd find out somebody was a Republican, you'd be like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Like, obviously, I'm sure probably internally people at that time that were older, like had these like feelings are like, Oh, you're a Republican. Ugh. But like they all, they weren't like, it didn't feel like they just had to voice it and tell you what you could and could not do. And I think that that's the big problem. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a lack of empathy or having too much empathy, right? Because right. you could, yeah. you could fight it either way because like you have no empathy because you're like, Nope, it's automatically wrong. Like that's not okay. You you don't want to listen a lot of these people don't want to listen to why these people believe these things, whatever they believe. Uh but then you it's also like they have they might have so much empathy because they're like trying to teach them what they believe is right. And so it's just like a it's just like a both sides of the same coin, either way. That it's still a problem and it's something that we as a society we need to solve because like Obviously right now the whole entire world is not very healthy. Like everybody's mindsets aren't necessarily healthy um, Political space is not healthy countries really aren't that healthy and like we as a Populace, we need to figure out and we need to solve this together and focus on more of the things we have in common, than what we have, don't have in common. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that.
0: And if I can interject, it's like I feel that our society, we, like America, right, this melting pot. And because we are, you're never going to think the same thing as everyone next to you they're always going to be different. And that is, I think, the amazing part of human society and humanity is that we all are uniquely us. Yeah, sure, we're, we might look different and pigment or speak different or uh, believe in different politics, but that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, and this is one thing that I've been Uh, doing a lot of research on and learning, especially in a current class of mine. And we're talking about the idea of how there is no such thing as like race. It's because we're all one race. We're all human. It's as simple as that. And I think we have to understand that. We're all human at the end of the day, and we have to unite. Put aside our differences and aside our beliefs and unite as a society of one ginormous human race because that's what we are. And I think people are just taken to this crazy idea, and they're just getting so caught up into – you know, their own lifestyle that they just keep forcing others to believe their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But like I said, you have to unite somewhere. There's only one middle ground. And that's understanding that we're all uniquely us. We're all different. I'm not made to be you. You're not made to be me. We're all made to stand out. I rather stand out than fit in. And I think that's an incorrect way about going in life. If you're in living in life, trying to fit in, let me tell you something. Maybe that's not the best way to live life. Because again, I can't tell you how to live your life, but personally me, I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in standing out, being different than the mold. I don't like being a cardboard cutout. I don't like being like this person, like that person. I want to be me. I want to be Justin.
1: Yeah, I don't want
0: to be Austin. I don't want to be Tyler or Junior. And I think that's what makes this podcast great as well: is that we're all uniquely us. We all have different characteristics. We all have agreements and we all have disagreements. That's mm -hmm. what makes
1: us human: is our
0: imperfections.
1: And I and I think that really, like. What's what all of this like trying to force each other to like feel the same way other people feel is what it ends up doing is it makes the divide bigger, obviously, because it's like uh, on certain topics, if you don't believe this, then you automatically have to be all the way so far away that you're just like the polar opposite. And it's like, no, like I just don't believe this because of like these couple of things. It's not yeah. like I'm way far. Oh, that's like. Like, uh, for example, uh, the coronavirus, we were just talking about Elon Musk. Like, for Elon, maybe he feels like he doesn't think it's as big of a deal because of the um, the stuff that's coming out about the New York stuff. Or maybe in his personal life, he's had people uh, get the virus and then become perfectly healthy afterwards. So, like, he's had things happen. Maybe, Maybe the way it came across, of course, was like, he sounded like he was so far. He doesn't like you were saying, he's like an anti-COVID guy. Like he doesn't believe it exists. But in reality, it's like he just like there's a couple things that have made him feel like it's not as big of a deal as it is, which as just one person like take the name away from it. If a person felt that way, like if I felt that way, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it's just heightened because of who he is. Like It's okay to have these differing like, on things and be like kind of almost at the fence like you kind of believe certain things but you don't and that's fine and we should be celebrating our differences because at the end of the day like we all have different journeys in life like Justin's journey is completely different than my journey Tyler's journey is different than Justin's and mine uh, juniors is different than all of ours we all have come all of our journeys are all different therefore it shapes us into different things and for you to for somebody to force you into this cookie cutter mold is basically saying like yeah like i know austin that you had this experience when you were younger that really like put a really big stamp into your brain about how you didn't want things like this to happen ever again but like i don't really care i don't feel like that's right so i'm gonna force you into this cookie cutter mold like that's that's not okay. That's in a sense, trapping on somebody's whole entire life. In a sense, because like nobody just randomly wakes up and decides anything in life. Like it's a slow evolution to what they end up becoming and what their beliefs are. And like I said, like a lot of effort is put into that. And so I feel like we should be celebrating these differences. There's a lot of differences between men and women. Uh, And like you Americans versus people in the UK or people in China versus Japan. Like there's all these differences culturally, uh, religiously and we should celebrate those and be like, wow, we are one race because like you said, all the human race, but yet we can be so different and be okay with it. That's how everybody should think. Like it's awesome for me to be in America and love to play xbox but then some person in japan be like oh i love playing my playstation and but i don't like xbox and i can be like oh i don't like playstation it's like awesome that's cool like you don't you don't like what i like i don't like what you like that's fine like whatever and i think that people's people just uh are so focused like i said so focused on our differences and they don't and they want to change them and they want to make everybody the same. They want to make this one cookie cutter person for the entire world. And what we should be doing is the opposite, celebrating those differences. Because that's at the end of the day, what cha- what my difference from me to you is what makes me Austin and you Justin.
0: Yeah. And I, I believe too that, you know, also with in, in the vein of outrage, right, you have this sort of cancel culture as well. And I believe this, too, and I think I'll leave this at this note before we go to break, um, is that I believe people can grow and people can change. And if you don't offer people the room to grow or change, they never will. You cannot shun everybody. I think you have to hold them accountable, right? But allow them the time and the ability to change. Because whether you want to believe it or not, I believe that people deserve second chances. And um, I think that's something to keep in mind. Uh, And I hope that you guys take this um, and really use this to progress your thought and just take some time to simmer on this. Uh, idea because uh, these are ideas that are to bring us together as opposed to uh, bring us apart, which is what I felt, you know, recently with uh, a lot of the things happening in the world. Um, but with that said, we're going to cut to a quick break from our sponsors. So I hope you guys enjoy those word from our sponsors. And stay tuned because we have some uh, very interesting current events that we're going to talk about. Uh, So yeah, enjoy this word from our sponsor. I often find myself wondering, what's next? What lies ahead? Where do I go? How far will I go? We often think about tomorrow. But what's the point? What's the point of not looking at what we have in front of us? Why not look to the present and be grateful? Why do you run from today? What difference does it make if everything you have today can be gone tomorrow? So I urge you, live for today. Search EBXYA on Amazon today to get all of your XLR cable needs Link in the description. Adam Stone, a unique and talented artist, hitting the alternative rock scene. Listen to him as he jams his way into becoming a new hit artist. Listen to Adam Stone singles for free on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube.
1: every day don't know why
0: You could follow your favorite ghost Adam Stone on Instagram and Facebook. Link in the description. And we're back from that word uh, from our sponsors. Actually, uh, I forgot to mention before that we're plugging—we plugged both of them uh, as of right now because this episode's going to be an hour. Uh, it's just because it's us two, and we don't—we don't have all three of us for essentially uh, a longer episode. And I figured we'll keep it short for everyone. Um, but with that said please like and subscribe and hit that notification bell and actually follow us on our social media. Again, link is in the description. You'll see our link tree. Click it. It'll also, if you're on YouTube, it'll take you to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you feel most comfortable listening to it, we're there. So uh, give us a check. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast again. Thank you so much for uh, listening. Uh, the consistent forty subscriber, forty-one, sorry, subscribers listening out there um, for every episode. I thank you guys so much. You truly are the beginnings of a great and wonderful community where we're open with one another and we respect one another. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where we're going to go. Again, it's also worth reminding you guys that season three will, or the end of season two, will be afoot around May. I'll have a more specific date for you. And then we'll be back next uh, September. So uh, just know that we'll be recording in the summer. You guys won't know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, Spoiler. Yeah, a little spoiler for you guys, um, but we'll be working on season three and everything uh, this summer. So just be prepared uh, for some fun and interesting interesting things so you guys can be able to catch up. But with that said, I also want to get into Call of Duty. <laughs> Good old so... Call of Duty. <laughs> It, I mean, I think it's well aware, if you listen to the podcast, that me and Call, me and Austin here have been fans of Call of Duty, and Warzone has taken my life by storm for a while. I mean, I've been on like a month, two-month break from Call of Duty, because I hit 100 wins, and I was like, you know what? It's too toxic. <laughs> there <laughs> is a bunch, it's littered with meta weapons and hackers. And sure enough, Call of Duty in recent news um, had banned 60,000 players for hacking. And as a result of it, well, Steve, what
1: was the result? Absolutely no. Still <laughs> hackers and hackers. All these people did is just made new accounts. I, I um, at this point, it the game is, to me, pretty dead. I can't play the game or I haven't played the game I mean I have I've people have listened to this podcast and I've defended Call of Duty every single time it's been brought up but like eventually it like I still I understand I I'll still say I'm sure coronavirus probably plays into some of it but at the end of the day like it's still a problem and I'm not enjoying the game anymore because there's hackers Every time they update the game, there's new bugs for people to use, or the same bugs pop back up. Like, how do you let the stim glitch pop into your game like five times? It just it, doesn't make any and sense. And the invisibility like, you think, you glitch know. came in yes. twice. <laughs> yes, it's, I mean, I, to me, I think Warzone, I know for a lot of the people that I play Xbox with, people aren't playing Call of Duty anymore. I mean, it's just gotten to the point where it's just so messed up. I mean, the last game I played of Call of Duty, we we uh, we landed, we got killed by a hacker, we got back our gulag, we landed somewhere else, and below and behold, another hacker kills us again. Completely different person. So not only were we in a lobby with one hacker, but we were in a lobby with two hackers. And terrified hackers. Now there could have been this was like a uh, trio. So all three of the people on those teams could have been hacking. I have no idea, but I mean, it's just, it's so bad. I mean, I get to them for banning 60,000. accounts. It's a lot of people. And I'm sure it took a lot of work to do that. But until you get some type of system in place that automatically bans people, the minute it catches these things happening, um, you're never going to get anywhere because there's all these, these people are just going to continuously make more and more accounts. And it's just going to be too much for people to manually go in and look. You just have to build some type of coded system in place. Um, Otherwise it's just never going to work. you are going to be overflowed. And it's the, if you were to like do it correctly and like make sure it doesn't happen, you would have to have everybody in your team working on that. And only that. And I mean, while we would enjoy the fact that there's no longer hackers, we would hate the fact that the game is probably gonna be the same for the next ten years because they'll still be banning people in Warzone that were hacking ten years prior. So Yeah, um, it's it's completely it's mess.
0: ridiculous. Like uh, I think for a game studio and a game title of that magnitude, triple A title and you're going to tell me you guys don't have an anti-cheat system? What? Uh, for one of the most popular Royale games. First off, the lack of map content is insane. I need more than just a hole in the ground to interest me in a game's map. <laughs> like, I need more than a little Cold War event to make me happy about this battle royale experience like i as much as i have a distaste for fortnite what i do appreciate about them is that they're consistently changing and you're talking about fortnite that was never essentially meant to be this crazy AAA title but it took off like a you know just so quickly but the imme- the immense content that is constantly being thrown into fortnite I love it. It's fantastic. And I don't know why Call of Duty's not doing that. Like they just have all of these bugs and issues and things that, again, makes your experience, it ruins it for you. Like you're not having fun. It doesn't feel like there's skill involved when it comes to a meta weapon. It doesn't feel like there's skill Mm -hmm. involved, obviously when there's hackers and it takes the fun out of it. If you want to make, a competitive shooter, then why in the world are you going to take the competitive aspect out of it and allow these cheaters and to allow these bugs to persist in your game? I think yeah. that the heads, like Activision, should definitely be cracking a cracking the whip out there or like just freaking pushing people to make sure that this is as best as it is. Because they're receiving tons of money from their, uh, you know, skins, essentially, that they're adding into the game and stuff like that. Like, I, for one, have never really invested that much money into character skins until Call of Duty, like this new one. Because I thought they made such cool, unique, and dynamic skins that are fun to use, but... Not anymore. It was a waste of money because this game has just been flooded with glitches and all that sort of stuff, which now is going to have me holding onto my wallet for the next Call of Duty. I don't even know if I want to purchase it. So it's like one of those things where I'm just disappointed that these sort of developers would just do that. And then the banning thing, right? Like I have respect for them for doing that. But here's the thing, half those hackers that you've banned were probably people uh, outside, like not you guys, but like literally me and Austin reporting people. <laughs> like we did your job for you finding these hackers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, like you did mm-hmm. half of the rest of the step as opposed to what we
1: did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and you brought up Activision and I think I I lay 100% of the blame at Activision's. I believe, they, I mean, it is ha- in the past, uh, developers, I mean, Bungie came out whenever they cut ties with Activision about how Activision is just like, so they're like, I don't know if you heard like EA for a long time and still is. It's just like, they only care about the money. That's all they care about. Like, I, I know there's a big thing about FIFA, Right now where it's literally the same game every single year they're not changing anything but they're making billions and billions of dollars off of it because of the the fantasy team or whatever it's called on that game um, where it's basically basically what they're doing is they have a casino built into their game because it's just random chance what you get so uh, I think the same thing, it's happening with Activision. I think that all they're looking at the, is the dollar signs and they're pushing these developers. They're like don't worry about the cheaters. We need to focus more. We need we need to put out uh, we need to put out more guns. We need to cha- be changing up the meta more often. Blah, blah blah blah. We we just need to do these other things. Who cares about the cheaters? Like uh, they sense kind of like how EA did with their FIFA community. They've basically They're taking advantage of the fact that Call of Duty is the best selling game every single year. I mean, almost every single year, except for the year GTA 5 came out, Call of Duty is the number one sold game. So they're like really, they're really taking advantage of that. And Activision has been known to do that. They did that with Bungie. They were ones that like basically killed Destiny 2 for a while. Um, So I think, I truly believe that all of the blame lies on Activision's feet. And they're just sitting there looking at it and they don't really care is what it really is. Because most people don't want to bring up the fact that it's probably Activision's fault. A lot of people are blaming these uh, Treyarch, um, uh, Infinity Ward, Raven, uh, Raven Software, Sledgehammer. They're blaming all of these like smaller development groups. And it's like in reality, they're basically doing whatever they're told because they don't don't do what they're told they're going to lose their job and there's like 60 people that they already have Activision has resumes for that can replace that person. So it's it's really sad. It's it's,
0: really it's sad. sad, yeah. I and here's another thing with that too is that um I I feel like again the people need to hold these companies accountable. Now these are one of those instances where I'm like yeah, we need to rally together and say we're not going to stand we're not going to put up with this. It's like companies like EA and Activision really need to hear the consumer's voice. Now, when I remember the, these loot box uh, gambling essentially was happening with EA back in Battlefront Two, people band together. They said, "Oh hell no, we're not. You know, we're not putting up with that. Like, we're not doing that." And so it had them reconstruct. The whole design of Battlefront 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Sorry to be more specific. They reconstructed it. The game had second wind. And now people are speculating right. That there's going to be a third game. But look at what listening to the community does. Essentially uh, to video games. It's very positive. Crazy outreach. Look at our last uh, podcast episode. We talked about microsoft listening to the people about xbox live was it that difficult you're gonna keep your consumer bases is there something wrong with that like like i'm openly saying that if active like if activision can fix this warzone whole thing i would go back to only playing warzone and throwing my wallet at call of duty and saying like Yeah, I'll purchase these cool character packs, but I will not do that if you don't fix your game. So it's like they need to just, you know, listen. Here's another sad thing is Warzone and Call of Duty lost one of their biggest so far partners. That used to play, uh, called that is known for playing Call of Duty Warzone. That is VicStar. He's a YouTuber. Again, you guys can uh, look it up, Google it. Uh, VicStar has taken a step back from Call of Duty Warzone. Why? Because he has video footage of these hackers killing him, as well as, uh, how would you say, they were streaming it on Facebook. Uh, them hacking and using the hacks. And he, he's, he was watching the full stream. And mm-hmm. it's funny and worth mentioning that they still died anyway with the hacks. But, you know, it's there's no fun in cheating, right? Like, there's just no fun at all. It, it, but in the vein of companies and uh, keeping along the podcast is that, uh, which is also very strange and something that I kind of want to talk about is paramount has also uh, come out with a statement of paramount plus so we have disney plus we have paramount plus we got the peacock app uh we have Scott hbo plus. max so we have all of these um how would you say streaming services and first off i'm I don't know how I feel yet, right? Like, there's all these different streaming services. I personally start to believe that this could be a possible uh, fault for uh, Netflix. They might fall a little bit, or I don't know, depending on how well this uh, captures people's attention. Because now uh, Netflix, I don't know how they're going to be able to license out videos, essentially. Because if they can't license out a Paramount film because Paramount has a Paramount Plus or a Disney film because Disney has Disney Plus, how are they going to survive? You know, so I'm kind of afraid for the future of what this means for Netflix.
1: Um, I'm hoping I think Netflix might be in trouble. Yeah, I think Netflix. I think. uh, Obviously, Netflix, I, I, they've kind of started transitioning to it. They've done, they were transitioning before. And I think they, the only thing that might save them is the fact that they started making Netflix original content. But the problem is be churning out more. Uh, that's the issue because now you have Paramount Plus, you have Disney Plus, you have Hulu, which is owned by Disney. I don't know if a lot of people know that or not, but Hulu is owned by Disney. You have HBO Max. You have uh, the Peacock app. Uh, we, I think we just—I don't know if I said it already—but we have the Paramount Plus. And then uh, Discovery Plus is another thing that's come out. Like all of these, uh, these companies are now like these. You look at on your cable. You see you see NBC. You see Fox. All of these like big names, ESPN, are now making their own app. And so. One, I think it's going to... It looks like it's slowly leading up to where eventually these companies are going to kill cable. I think that, like, DirecTV, Fish, or, what are you, Cable One, whatever, all of these, like, TV uh, program programmers or whatever you want to call them, uh, providers, TV providers, are all going to go away, and it's just, you're just going to be picking and choosing your subscriptions now now and i think in some ways it'll be good because um you know of course if you only watch sports you can just get the espn subscription and you have all your live sports and you don't gotta worry about it um if you only watch disney movies like you have a kid like my some my sister my sister she has disney plus that's the only thing that's on their tv they don't need cable at that point so in those re- uh aspects it'll be good the downside is for people who like to watch more so like the people who they like to watch uh they like to watch uh some of the stuff on hbo max but they also like to watch disney but then they're also like to watch the discovery plus stuff and they want to see the paramount movies but they also like the Netflix original content, and eventually, slowly, that amount, that dollar amount, because I'm sure, probably all of these subscriptions are going to be like five dollars a month with ads, like Hulu does, or maybe you there's like package deal or something. But bare minimum, you're probably going to be spending five dollars a month. Eventually, you're going to definitely get to the point where you're spending more money picking all of these apps than you are by just going through DirecTV and getting your cable. Um, And it's, I don't know, it's, uh, for me, it'll be fine because I don't watch a lot of TV, but for other people, I think it's going to end up costing more money.
0: Well, I mean, as far as I'm aware, these streaming services are cheaper than paying for, like, $300 a month for, like, a package deal of internet And cable like I remember at a time like I was we when we were paying for cable one time it was around like 300 something like no joke paying for cable which is we never watched and internet until Mm -hmm. it wasn't until they decided like okay well and this was Comcast that they decided okay well we're just gonna have an internet only option then I was like okay I rather just pay for that than paying for cable. Um, So it's Mm going to be cheaper because you're going to have all this specific content and stuff like that. But what is kind of scary is, like, the discovery of new shows and the discovery of, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, like – for example i have i want to be uh creating animations and stuff like that for television how is my animation going to do well if it's only on a streaming service and only people can view it on this streaming service so yeah, yeah it could very much just very much be a very n- negative aspect to creativity and to discovery for audiences. Um, mm. Perfect for marketing, right? Like you'll you have all the marketing information that you need to market mm. to a specific uh, set of people. Um, but it's also, again, just very s- scary because it doesn't leave an open, uh, it doesn't open a Pandora's box of curiosity uh, for television. So yeah, it's 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 a scary thing, and I would hate to see a company like Netflix also falling because all of these Paramount Plus and all these uh, movie productions owning their own streaming services. Because then Netflix would you have just originals? And I, and to be honest, I wouldn't pay for Netflix if it was only originals. I go there because no. there's so much content on there that I can mm-hmm. watch. So I hope not. And, and another thing is like, where does this leave the movie theaters? Right. Because now you have HBO max releasing all these new films onto HBO max. Are you going yeah. to have people not wanting to go to theaters and just watch it from home or you know I... how's that sort of industry going to
1: possibly play out? I think that in some ways it'll definitely hurt movie theaters. I think the amount of movie theaters will definitely decrease because like Disney plus is doing that right now, but this, I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge whether this is going to be like a thing or if it's just because of COVID. I don't know. I don't know what the money looks like. I would have to, I would have to dive into Disney Plus's like dollar signs and figure out, Hey, are they making are they making more by just uploading it to their streaming service or do they make more, you know, sending it into theaters? I it's I'm hoping it's not a. Uh, like a thing that's going to happen on a regular basis, I think what would be cool to see is like for people who don't like to go to movie theaters, maybe or. Your. Uh, your um, maybe you spend two extra dollars a month on your Disney plus and you get automatic access to all new movies. I think that would be cool. Um, but uh, because that would, that would allow like people like me, I'm not going to do that. I don't need that, but other people might want to do that. So um, it would kind of create like a little bit of a barrier, like a entrance barrier in a sense. And you could, you could, you could, discuss whether it's a good thing or a bad thing i think it would be a good thing because if you remove movie theaters that's a big industry that you would kill
0: yeah and i i think if it's up to me i want the social aspect of a movie theater i want to be able to show up and uh you know have Enjoyment, have fun, and and there's something, there's nothing like the experience of experiencing a movie in a movie theater, like being next to other people and just watching reactions, or just mm-hmm. simply just something about the environment and the ambiance of uh, of of movie theaters is fantastic.
1: and My magical. my experience with Endgame, couldn't oh. be completely different without. Being, if I was not in a theater yeah. when it if un- I, released, if it I didn't hear the was-
0: whole crowd oh. clapping,
1: like <laughs> <laughs> the environment made the movie, because like, uh, spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen them. If you haven't seen it, you're you know what you're doing. When Captain America has freaking Thor's hammer in his hand and just starts beating the snot <laughs> out of Thanos, the whole theater just goes nuts. Yeah. When Tony Stark snaps his fingers, oh my! It, the environment, like you will not get that at it, home. It, it would, obviously, it would have been ruined. just
0: me crying at Tony's death by myself, like
1: <laughs> instead of sharing the, the sorrows and the excitement through the whole movie. Of, yeah, of the excitement! You, the high of watching Thanos get us whooped by uh, Captain America and him picking up the hammer, all those years of the buildup of him, like he tried to pick it up it just slightly moving. And then the buildup to that, where you see it, cause everybody kind of like they saw it or some people didn't. And then to happen, all the excitement and for you to then have the super, super low of like Tony Stark just saved the world, but he also just died. He's like arguably the most important person in the marvel cinematic universe because he started everything now he's gone like if you experience that roller coaster by yourself it would not have as big of an impact as experiencing it with like i don't know how many people are in a movie theater 60 80 whatever it is all those strangers who all feel the same way and you just like can all just revel in the excitement and the sadness together There's nothing that would beat that.
0: I'll never forget my first experience seeing the first Avengers film, which is like the first time ever you're seeing multiple superheroes uh, through multiple films have a culmination and a combination where they came together and made one giant film. Like that was one of the... Most exciting moments to hear people screaming like, oh my gosh, like during the film, it just felt so nice and just hearing those shock moments. And I'll never forget the first time I seen a scary movie uh, (laughs) in a movie theater and I heard that person yell, oh hell no, like (laughs) it was hilarious. Like you'll never get to experience that if you didn't have movie theaters. So, well, plus I, if, like, movie theaters ahead. are gone. Where are you going to take girls on dates, bro? Yeah, you know how many what? dates I have with movie theaters? Like, it's insane. <laughs> Like it's almost the perfect date because then afterward you talk about the movie and it doesn't feel awkward because you could segue into, oh, I like that scene or that movie sucked or that. I remember going on a date and we were just making fun of the movie uh, afterward. Mm -hmm. It was like a horror movie. We weren't too scared. And we're talking back and forth and it was a fantastic time. And where would I have that memory if we didn't have movie theaters?
1: So, a lot of people's first kiss was probably in a movie theater too. Yeah. Like it could change so <laughs> many things.
0: Like there's just wow. there's so much wonder that surrounds movie theaters. And to be honest, I can't wait till this pandemic's over because I know that society will go back to normal. And I generally feel it, right? I'm talking in positivity sense that we're going to be where we were. And um I can't wait for that moment but uh, with that said I think we're nearing the end of our podcast I hope you guys enjoyed this experience uh, with me and Austin if you guys like it comment down below leave a like and uh, maybe I'll do another one on one with Austin soon it was fantastic I hope you guys enjoyed it the topics were popping please again follow us like subscribe and that whole thing I'm not going to you know <laughs> I'm not gonna make it a little bit overbearing for you guys but uh again I will have that link for the Elon Musk interview for you guys um just so if you guys wanted to check it out and uh, see what I was talking about because I know I didn't really uh throw a lot of uh quotes and stuff from there but uh with that said we love you bye